Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already a know. podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Giselle Bryant, one half of the hit podcast, Reasonably Shady, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. You also might know me as one of the stars of The Real Housewives of Potomac. But today, it's all about being reasonable with no shade required. I'll be sitting down for a conversation with a few names you know, including another member of the Black Effect family, DJ Envy. He's a Radio Hall of Famer and a founding member of The Breakfast Club. We're getting together to talk about historically Black colleges and universities, HBCUs, one of my favorite subjects. Envy and I are both Hampton University alumni, and we carry so much pride for the school that helped shape us into what we are today. We hope that many more kids across the country can share the same experiences that we did. 
And our special guest feels exactly the same way. NBA superstar Chris Paul is working to make sure that the next generation of Black excellence will thrive. Since 2005, the Chris Paul Family Foundation has been striving to positively impact individuals and families by leveling the playing field in education, sports, and life. So let's learn a little bit more about Chris's foundation and why HBCUs mean so much to him. Here's our conversation presented by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, what up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and I'm here with my sister, Giselle Bryant, my Hampton alumni sister. Now, uh, we both attended an HBCU, all right? Um, a couple of years apart, Giselle's a little older than me, I would, I would have to say. But, <laughs> but um, you know, let's start off with, you know, HBCU. Giselle, why did you decide to attend an HBCU? You know, Envy, I have to tell you, I, I really lucked up on going to an HBCU. My dad went to a black college and he was nudging me in that direction. I didn't know it, but he was, you know, my dad was very influential in the civil rights movement. He's all about empowering the black community and doing what's best for um, us. Mm -hmm. But when I got there is when I figured out I was where I was supposed to be. You know, I was looking around and I was seeing people that had the same background as me, that looked like me, that talked like me, thought like me. And I realized, okay, this is special, right? This is family. This is a community that cares about each other. And, you know, Black people, we, we live different. We love different. We learn different. So I was at a place where I was learning with people that knew how to learn like I knew how to learn. Gotcha. Um, it was an experience that I'm so grateful for. You know, you know, you run into people all the time that went to Hampton and they running up on you like Hampton class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pride. It's legacy. Um, now, uh, my children are all in high school. I have three girls. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I have three girls uh-huh. and they're looking at 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 colleges. And unlike me, they're not lucking up on an HBCU. They're looking for which black college is best for them. So I'm super excited about that because they understand um, how important special it is. You know, it's it's the energy, it's the you can't really explain the feeling. Mm-hmm. Have to live it, and they want that experience for themselves. So I'm so excited about it. Yeah, for myself, I was the uh, only the first person in my family to go to college and graduate. So I didn't have a choice. I had to go to HBCU. My parents was like, you don't have a choice. And the reason I went to Hampton is because I watched a different world. And Hillman is based off Hampton. And that's all I knew. So I was like, I want to go there. That's where I want to go. That's where I wanted to go. And that's why I, I decided to go to, to Hampton University. Now we have Chris Paul here. And, and Chris Paul has the Family Foundation, which uh, really, really pushes uh, different communities, definitely our communities. And if you follow Chris Paul or you watch Chris Paul and you watch his games, he always reps HBCUs, different HBCUs, different games, and he pushes it to to the next level. So let's let's ask you a question, Chris Paul. Since you didn't go to an HBCU, why do you feel it's so important to, you know, push HBCUs and to make sure HBCUs are heard and seen? Yeah. uh, First of all, thank you all for having me. 
And I, I tell you, man, I'm a big fan. And NBA, I didn't even know you went to Hampton. And uh, for me, I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I grew up around all HBCUs, right? So I grew up around ENT, Central, Winston-Salem State, all these different schools. My brother actually went to uh, Hampton his freshman year and played basketball at Hampton. So I grew up around all these different HBCUs. But when I was a kid, I didn't know that there was a difference between Wake Forest and Winston-Salem State, if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I'm actually a student right now at Winston-Salem State, right? Wow. Yeah, so I went two years at Wake Forest, then I went to the NBA, but uh, I'm taking classes right now, hopefully graduating in December from uh, Winston-Salem State University. So, uh, you know, they say when you know better, you do better. I started doing a lot of uh, research on HBCUs and started understanding why they even exist, right? So a lot of people don't know why they exist and the funding and all these different things. I went to a, a class at Harvard uh, uh, a few summers ago, maybe five, six years ago, and it was this dope class about business, entertainment, and all of this. And I was like, man, it's a dope class, but they don't offer it at HBCUs. I actually talked to the professor at Harvard and we started it. And now we have that same class at North Carolina A&T, at Clark Atlanta. Uh, I think we're doing it at FAMU and it's about exposure. I was going to ask you that, you know, um, the one thing I would say about HBCU is a lot of times they don't have the funding. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like my daughter, um, she goes to NYU and, and not because she wanted to, but because she wanted to major in real estate. And a lot of the HBCUs didn't have that as a major where they teach you how. Yeah. So what do you think HBCUs need to do to make sure they catch up with some of those other universities that you name, like a Harvard or a Yale or an NYU? What, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you think? Yeah, well, one of the things I always say is you see people repping the gear and all this stuff like that, but you need real dollars and cents. But mm-hmm. I think also we got to keep coming together and make sure everybody knows who went where. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think a lot of times... Uh, I know for me in the sports department, uh, HBCUs didn't recruit me. Not saying I would have went there, but now wherever you go to school, the media will come, right? So the more people that know that you can go to these HBCUs and be unbelievably successful. I did an interview with Spike Lee uh, about a year ago talking about HBCUs and, uh, you know, Will, Will Packer went to FAMU. So just understanding all the history behind these HBCUs and really champion them and get the funding because you need money. <laughs> you need money to do all these different things. You need the resources. A lot of these different PWIs have that funding because when people graduate, they go and they come give money back. Right. right? So we got to try to continue to get the funding to, to get some of these, school, these courses. Okay, but why do you think that the great kids coming out of high school, playing basketball, playing football, they're not choosing a black college. So I, I'll tell you this. So when I came out, right, I came out of high school 2003. That wasn't the pathway, right? It just wasn't. You know, it was the blue bloods. You're going to go to Duke. You're going to go to Carolina because that was the only way you could get that exposure. But now with social media and all this stuff, I'm always talking to kids about, look, Imagine if y'all top three, top four players all went to North Carolina Central and played for Lavelle Moten. Imagine that. ESPN got to come. (laughs) 
They've yeah. got to come. So the education of it, and it's, it's gradually changing. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but I think if we keep doing what we're doing and talking about it, it's bound to happen. You know, I was going to ask, you know, All-Star Weekend this year, uh, you know, the All-Star festivities, you know, they have the Rookie Challenge, the Slam Dunk, and then the All-Star. This year, you guys put an HBCU game in the middle of that. What made you guys decide to do that? I mean, they called me the DJ this year. I'm like, well, I'm DJing. I went last year, but I mean, I thought it was dope. So what made you guys decide to do that? And and I know you were heavy with pushing that to make sure that was done. Just understand our, our power and our influence, right? Just telling the league what we would like to see. It all started back with the bubble and just, you know, trying to give uh, these kids and stuff. You know, our league is, you know, what, 70, 75% African-American, maybe more. So understanding that uh, these kids at these HBCUs, they need the platform. And that's what we're trying to provide. I think that... Um as it relates to the athletes, yes, for sure. Um, the school needs to do more to even make it nice. You know what I mean? They need, to, they need to pay the coaches more. They need to put the resources in for the training. They need to do a whole lot to make the sports even attractive, right? Mm-hmm. But but the HBCUs need funding for all the departments. Correct, correct. Um, when when we are graduates from black colleges, they've got to compete head to head with their white counterparts. And we all know they've got to be twice as good. So they need the resources just across the board. I would love for it to see it come from sports and then it would like kind of trickle throughout the school. Um, but there needs to be like a conservative effort to make black colleges as attractive your number one, number two, number three kids coming out of school and as attractive to kids, for instance, envy your daughter who, who wants to go to real estate. We've got, we need to make sure that we are attractive to all of our children in every department and in every way. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think we just need to highlight it more. Uh, I think we need to highlight it more. Like we highlight, you know, Anthony Anderson and we highlight Taraji Henson, Taraji P. Henson. We highlight Diddy. We highlight uh, Chadwick Bozeman. But, you know, sometimes we got to highlight Rick Mahorns. We got to highlight those players that went to an HBCU that made it to the league, that made it to the NBA, that made it to the NFL. So people understand, because like you said, as a kid, a 16, 17 year old kid that's going to college, they want to be on television. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and what they see on television is, is not necessarily HBCU. So, like Chris said, once we start going to those schools, they have to highlight it. They have no choice. But I was going to ask, you know, with all that you're doing, I mean, you're in the NBA and, and, and you're successful. You're an all-star. What makes what gives you the drive to continue on and pushing? Because at one time, you know, it looked like you were going to retire and then you came out the next year and you bust ass. You know what I mean? So obviously it you wasn't like ready. I was going to retire. Why did it look like I was going to retire? That's what it, it, it made it seem like. You seemed like he was going to go. And I was like, he still got it. And then you came out the next year like, nah, I got 10 more years left. So I, I was going to ask, you know, what gives you the energy and, 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 and the strive to continue to push? Like, and not just in the NBA, but also pushing HBCUs. What, what gives you that and giving back? Because you give it back a lot to the community and you don't have to. Yeah, I think it's understanding that it's bigger than me and understanding all the people that have played a huge role in me even being here and being a parent. Right? I got a 13-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. Right, So they're paying attention. They see what's going on. you know. And I want them to know and understand because 
my kids live in California, obviously, right? So I need them to know their roots and where all that comes from. And I don't know, man. I'll tell you, everybody in my family went to HBCU except for me. Ooh. Right? Everybody. Everybody. So, uh, how did your parents feel about that when, when right. you, you were the only one that was like, nah, mom, I'm going here? How did they feel about that? They didn't even think twice about it because you got to think about it, Envy. When I was coming up, like, I was getting recruited by UConn, Michigan State, New Carolina, like the highest level of basketball, right? right. And so, like I said, I'm in Winston-Salem State's backyard, but they didn't even recruit me because they felt like they didn't have a shot at it. Right. Right. Yeah. And at the time, as a kid, I'm unaware. I'm, I'm born and raised in North Carolina, so I was a diehard Carolina fan. <laughs> right. Diehard Carolina fan. You know, I'm looking at Donald Phelps. I'm looking at Jerry Stackhouse and all them. So Winston-Salem State. And as a kid, you don't know that a HBCU is a HBCU. I didn't. Y'all might have because your parents and stuff, but it was just once in Salem State and Wake Forest. Then after I left school and got older, I was like, hold up. (laughs) You know what I mean? You start aware. And so I tell you one thing that I did in the bubble is when I started every game, I wore a different HBCU. And what was dope about it is before I wore one, I did the research on that different university. Right? And so you start learning because a lot of people just know about the HBCU they want to. And so you don't know all the history of all of the different HBCUs out there. I found out about a little small one in Bluefield. It's called Bluefield College, which is where my wife's parents are from. You start finding out so many little intricacies and stuff, and it just gets you more and more passionate. Like Morris Brown, you know, they had shut it down yes. at one point. They didn't have to fund it. Right. Right. And so uh, I'm just always interested in it. And, and last thing I'll say, because I can talk about HBCUs all day, is think about how many people we have in entertainment, right? And in l- lawyers and stuff like that, right? People who come from HBCUs. That's something that some of these classes or whatnot, if we give up our time, right? And you think about the kids at Hampton who would love to hear, you know, from you, Right. I did a whole conversation at Winston-Salem State three weeks ago with all the athletes. And I went to Winston-Salem State and I talked to them, right? Because then they really feel like they know you and they can connect with you. So we put together a network of all these people from HBCUs. Those are different things that these courses that PWIs can't offer, (laughs) right? Right. You get these these courses, like I said, my class on sports, business, uh, and, and entertainment, I show up sometimes at a 7 a.m. Zoom and let them ask questions because that's the only way they're going to get ahead. Well, well, I will tell you this. If if you ever need me and Giselle for whatever that you're doing, we will be glad to do it. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm going to hold y'all to that. I'm going to hold y'all to that. Whether it's broadcasting, hey. podcasting, entertainment, DJing, yeah. investments, you know, we, we would definitely love to do it. Yeah, for sure. But, Chris, I missed the game where you had on the Hampton shirt. He did. Uh, oh, I did. I, I, I did. And I put, yeah. a, I, put a, sure. I posted a picture of my brother because I told you it's crazy. I never forget. I, I actually just finished writing a book about my late grandfather, but I talk about dropping my brother off at Hampton his freshman year because it's, it's just me and him. So me and my parents dropped him off, and <laughs> I was what a sophomore in high school, and I remember dropping him off at Hampton like Lord have mercy. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, oh, HBCU is different. It's different. 
if I go there, I don't think I'm in the NBA. <laughs> no, I ain't in there. Well, just um, just imagine this. Just imagine a kid from Queens that barely had grass pulling up on that campus and seeing mm. all that water, mm. all everything that's there from the the sexiness of the campus to the people. You're just sitting there like this is amazing. Listen, that's what made me go to Hampton. Listen, the, the excitement of the games. I was at my brother game and they was playing against Norfolk State. Yep. During a timeout, cheerleaders started coming a little bit closer. Chili to start coming a little bit closer, came a little bit closer. Boom, they start fighting. <laughs> hey. Listen, my daughter's to um, Florida AM. Yep, damn you. Yeah, to do a whole like tour. Um, I gave them the VIP treatment. We sat with the president, we sat with the dean of, um, the dean of affairs. So it was a game going on. Listen. That game started and that band came out and they were like, sold. This is it. This is where we're going because it's just like you can't beat that for us. And so we have to like expose our kids because if you show them, there's no way they'll turn it down. Absolutely. You're exactly right. I actually actually do a show right now that's on, on ESPN Plus called Why Not Us? We're in our third season right now. Our first season was with North Carolina a and I mean, uh, with North Carolina Central. And it just followed their whole basketball program to show you what it looks like at an HBCU. The second year, we did FAMU football, right? And we followed them. The episodes that are, right, are out right now are with Southern University, the Dancing Dogs. And it shows you the dancing. So we're just trying to show people what it's like being at an HBCU. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. Appreciate your time too today, brother. I know, I know you got to run and just say thank you for everything. And, and thank you for everything that you're doing for HBCUs and everything you're doing in the community. We appreciate you. State Farms appreciate you. And like, again, again, if you ever need us for any of your Zoom meetings or anything, we would love to do it because we love to encourage, encourage the, the youth, encourage the community and make sure that they're doing the right thing. And if we can do it with our own, it's like no other. No doubt. I'm, I'm going to let y'all know too. I'm trying to graduate December 16th. So I'll let y'all know when that happens. I'm walking. Are you walking? Oh, I'm nice. walking. I ain't doing all this work not to. <laughs> Congratulations in advance. All right. Thank y'all. Okay. We appreciate you. Estate Forum. We're talking HBCUs with Chris Paul, Giselle Bryan, and DJ Envy. Salute. That was our conversation with 11-time NBA All-Star Chris Paul. For more information about Chris's foundation and its initiatives, go to www.chrispaulfamilyfoundation.org. We also want to thank our partners from State Farm for making this conversation happen. State Farm knows that being good neighbors means uplifting communities wherever their customers find themselves. They don't just provide a policy, they provide a partner. Because with over 19,000 State Farm agents, they reflect the diversity of America. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.